1: FM Talk. On Demand Audio. We are joined this afternoon. We got an audio cut of the day coming up. But Dr. Martin McCary is back with us. Fox News medical contributor, professor of public health at Johns Hopkins Medical School and author of the new New York Times bestseller, The Price We Pay. We're going to talk about Dr. Fauci and some other things. Dr. McCary, welcome back. How are you? Doing well. Good to be with you. Well, let's talk a little bit here because um, I've seen some people questioning the Dr. Fauci exiting from this perspective, has he, because I think the answer this might be a rhetorical question, has he, to a certain extent, destroyed the credibility of the public health establishment with the, uh, the way that they handled all this in the last couple of years? I mean, that that's probably a, a complicated question to a certain extent, but what would you say about that?
0: Well, Dr. Fauci is leaving at the end of this year. I'm personally devastated, but I will recover quickly because... <laughs> He has basically failed in his primary job of funding research. That's really his job. He is not a public health official, never was. He is a government head of an agency dedicated to funding research, and his primary job is to direct research. And that's the one thing where we completely failed during the pandemic. On almost every major question, the NIH – was delinquent, late, or wrong in funding research. They spend very little money on COVID research. On the clinical questions, they basically blew them off and just told pharma to you know produce a drug. And if you look at airborne transmission versus surface transmission, where you wash have to wash your hands like crazy. He didn't do that research. That could have been done in 24 hours, so they give everybody this false recommendation for months to wash your hands like crazy. We just got the research on vitamin D reduces COVID mortality. That study was well done, and it just came out. It's two and a half years late. He should have done that in a matter of weeks. All the major questions, natural immunity, vaccine complications, uh, the effectiveness of boosters, the new bivalent, Vaccine, And I meant boosters in young people where we have no good data. The the new bivalent vaccine, they're pushing like crazy. Where's the randomized controlled trial? How do they not have a randomized controlled trial? And they're pushing this on every American. That is Dr. Fauci's ultimate legacy not doing the research we needed at the right time.
1: One of the things that always stood out when we had those conversations in the early part of the pandemic in 2020 was your, um, I would say, insistence, and this, this should have happened, that we don't just listen to a couple of different public health experts. How about other people? For example, yourself and um, maybe some others that have you know, expertise in this particular field with different perspectives. But we really didn't get that. I mean, we got it on Fox if we were listening to you. You got it on this show if you were a guest. But it wasn't something that the whole country was able to really digest. And that, I think, was part of the problem, Dr. McCary.
0: Well, look, when the pandemic hit, Dr. Fauci and a couple of his old white friends got together and they said, we're just going to rule by edict and give our opinion. And let's make sure we're all in agreement so nobody's confused. In other words... No different opinions out there. Now they had a choice. They could have commissioned really good research and had good scientific evidence to guide policy, but they chose not to do that. They chose to rule by opinion and then squash other opinions. When the pandemic hit, Dr. Fauci did not show up to work at the NIH. He lived in a TV studio and for months and months and months ruled by his opinion. And he was eloquent, and how he stated his opinion. He's a very smooth guy, and he's very good on TV. But the reality is we didn't need opinions. We needed good evidence, and that's what he should have been doing in his office. So that, I think, has been one of the ultimate problems of the pandemic.
1: Where are we right now with COVID? Uh, we had an email this week, you know, when someone gets sick in the building, and I'm sure this is true with a lot of workplaces. You get an email that says that someone has tested positive. You know, they do some contact tracing to a certain extent. Don't know a lot of people who have COVID. Nobody that's close to me, acquaintance or anything like that. It's still out there, but are we seeing increased numbers? What would you say about COVID as we head into the uh, winter?
0: Well, COVID is pretty flat right now. Uh, We don't see a lot of COVID in the hospital, except for the incidental positive tests. We get mild common cold-like illnesses from COVID. Now, there are reported deaths from COVID. The reported is A. We don't believe that. I don't believe it. It's maybe half or a third or a quarter of that number. And that's probably people who died from other illnesses and COVID sort of puts them over the top. It hastens the death, it's specifically in older people with special medical conditions. 95% of the people in the hospital with a respiratory infection have flu or RSV and yet I still hear people say crazy things like oh I'm sick I'm coughing and sneezing but thank God I tested negative for COVID well whatever else infection you have RSV or flu has the same infection fatality rate nowadays. so that's the irony of where we are with COVID now things could change in the future we could see more COVID we have to be open to mutations and but generally speaking population immunity mostly through natural immunity has dumbed down the effect of COVID and probably will for future variants.
1: I do think, you know, to your point, the psychology of all this is still very fascinating because I think you're right. There are people out there that might not give a lot of attention to some of the other things that are floating around out there, but they think that COVID is going to, like, attack them underneath their mask if they're not double mass and take them out, right? That's sort of the way that I think some people view this still.
0: Well, when you listen to this, you know, media coverage, of the so-called tridemics, Sounds like Armageddon, and and really what we're seeing is a bad flu season and a bad RSV season and a very minimal background level of inf- of COVID infection, and the flu and RSV see- season is in part from sheltering people and what we call immunity debt. Now we knew we were in for a woozy season at some point, but when we shelter kids for so long, that's probably in part why we're seeing a massive influx. And so this was an unanticipated consequence of lockdowns and sheltering. And so we're seeing it now. And the White House, look, they got a big problem right now. They bought 171 million doses of the bivalent vaccine, the new vaccine booster. But 90% of Americans have said no. After three months of the White House pushing it hard on all the major media networks, most of whom are taking money from Pfizer and Moderna, Pushing it hard, and after three months of pushing it hard, only 35 million doses have been used of the 171 million stockpile the White House pre purchased. So they got a major problem right now. All they have to do to solve that problem is do one randomized control trial, wouldn't take that long to show that it's effective. There's no clinical trial showing the new bivalent vaccine is effective. So without that evidence, I have a tough time recommending it for young, healthy people or people who had Omicron this year and have natural immunity to it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Dr. Martin McCary is with us. You, you, let me, I started this interview by asking you about the credibility of the public health establishment. You wrote a book called The Price We Pay that just came out, What Broke American healthcare and How to Fix It. And you feel that as a country, we've kind of lost trust in our doctors, right?
0: That's right. And a lot of it is the old guard of medicine, well-intended, I think, but just probably drunk on their own power. We saw it during COVID get really bad. Why is all the research, pharma research and laboratory research, why aren't we studying environmental exposures that cause cancer instead of the chemotherapy to study it? That's exclusively all we do. We needed to be studying both. Why don't we study food as medicine? Why don't we treat diabetes with more cooking classes than just yes. throwing insulin at people. Why don't we talk about obesity at, at all during the pandemic? That's more effective than the vaccine is it? a treadmill or, wa- or walking in the park for 45 minutes a day. That's where we've gone off course here. We have the most over-medicated, disabled, over-diagnosed population in the history of the world. In some cases, we are living with the medicalization of ordinary life. And we need to get back to restoring communities, addressing social isolation, and talking about the underlying issues that cause illness, not just the whack-a-mole approach to medicating illness.
1: Stop it. You're making too much sense. And, you know, you and I have talked about these topics before and I could not agree with you more. Why is it so difficult to get some of those things out there into the public and have conversations? It almost seems like it's like, you know, climate change, that that stuff, it's settled science. We can only go to the vaccines. We can't talk about (laughs) other things that might help people stay healthy. Well,
0: I think there's good news on this front. And ultimately, I'm optimistic. I wrote about in this book, The Price We Pay, this new movement of doctors and clinicians, nurses who are saying, hey, we want to treat the whole person, not just medicate them in 10 and 15 minute visits. I mean, what are we doing? Nobody likes being seen in 10 minutes and having meds thrown at you. I mean, patients hate it. The doctors hate it. Why are we doing it? So there's a new movement now within healthcare that's alive and well, and I write about that in in the book, The Price We Pay.
1: Well, we'll leave on a positive note. We'll leave right there. Dr. Martin McCary, always great to have you on. I know how busy you are, so I really appreciate you squeezing us in here in St. Louis. And you have a great holiday season.
0: Always great to be with you. You too. Get
1: more at 971talk.com